Welcome to The Five. Today is August 11th and here's the five things you need to know today. Updates with COVID and schools. And how much should businesses be involved in COVID vaccinations? Is the internet a true utility? NBC, NBC has the lowest Olympic ratings ever. And how much money do Olympians owe when they get back to the States? <laughs> Joining me today is always on my right is Ben. Let's get started. Firstly, so COVID in schools, so you're probably, no, no matter where you stand on how real it is, you're aware mm -hmm. that COVID exists and the, the Delta variant and school is has started for some and for the rest is starting soon. So there's a lot of strange things. We live in a strange time in a large country where some states are saying like, I don't know where we're at, you have to wear masks. Some places like Florida, you've got Ron DeSantis, the governor saying it's against his executive order to have a mask mandate in any Florida school. And to add to the craziness of that, he's also said that for superintendents and school board members that want to do mask mandates, they will try to withhold the pay of those people from the state yeah. for trying to go against the executive order, wow. which adds an extra craziness of that. Yeah. That's why it's only one good thing in Florida, Disney World. Mm -hmm. I will go on record saying that. Yeah. And maybe the beaches. Yeah, imagine getting uh, penalized for trying to keep people safe it's it's like, crazy remember it's crazy. like t kids 12 and under are not vaccinated yeah they can't even be vaccinated who knows when that when when that will happen uh they are still very much at risk if not even more risk than ever before because like even back before everyone was vaccinated at least there was closures there was people staying at home social distancing mm -hmm. masks was mandatory everywhere schools were closed now all that has gone away like almost ever almost it's like we're trying to get back to normal but we but we forgot that oh wait 12 kids 12 and under are not vaccinated yet and they are still very they're they're at risk of getting infected and if not maybe something more severe which is kind of scary because now because you got people out just out running about running their normal lives and you know that stuff is going to go in and out of schools like no one's business i would not be surprised if we see some school closures this year because that may that just might get out of control yeah i wonder uh, it wouldn't surprise me a tremendous amount to see, to see school closures mm -hmm. but i think that one of the main reasons that schools had actually closed last year like where mm -hmm. my kids were at uh was like switched all virtual for a for a few weeks or like a week was because they had too many teachers out from quarantine yeah. some infect like a couple infections and mostly quarantines yes. And with most, or at least with teachers being able to be vaccinated, it's, I think school closures in general will be mm -hmm. averted. You might have some smaller classrooms for a while, but yeah. as the close contact rules have evolved, that will be fewer quarantines. Yeah. But it is crazy because the Delta variant, now, now to, to be, to, to gain context, it is true that not that many, a very small percentage of children end up with serious complications or mm -hmm. heaven forbid death from COVID. It yeah. is rare, yeah. but Delta is the, the worst has been and it does and it does yeah. happen. Right. So they, they say it's like a one in fifth. So, so here's was a recent study with by Johns Hopkins, I think, or something recently. And they said that there was about a one in 50 chance of a child ending up in in a hospital situation for yeah. the latest Delta variant, which is which is mm -hmm. higher than anybody wants, not astronomical. Yeah, and about a 0.02% chance of death, which is yeah. horrible if you're that unfortunate family. Yeah. But mm -hmm. it is true that it is still unlikely. 
-hmm. But of course, if a million people get something, I can't do the math in my head, but was that 200, I think? I'm yeah. not sure, but it's still, it's still, yeah. still way too many. Uh, and to yeah. think that at, at basis of that, there are people willing to say it's against their executive order to even yeah. say yeah. you have to wear masks. Right. And to care so much yeah. about that, that you want to not pay the people to make those decisions. Yeah. It, the, to me, the numbers, the, the, the rarity of it happening to me, it almost, it's almost, it doesn't even really matter because like me, I, there is no number of kids that I want to see sick and die. I don't care if it's just only one, you know what I'm saying? Like if we can, if it's, if it's something that can be easily prevented, then why not? Now, one thing though, um, is good though, I think parents, they still have the option to wear a mask if they want to. Schools, yes. schools just can't enforce Correct. it. There can't Martin. be a mandate so that the parents, families So parents can still be like, hey, even though the school's not making you, I still would really, you know, you wear a mask and stay, you know, what is it, three feet now? They gotta yeah. stay distance and stuff like that, you know? Try to do everything you can. Cover your mouth when you when you cough and sneeze and stuff like that, and try not to touch everybody. That's gonna be really hard at first. I can see where like it's gonna be where some kids are wearing masks, and they're gonna look mm -hmm. at other kids that are also not wearing masks, and they're gonna be like, well, if he's not wearing a mask, why should I? But I can see a lot of peer pressure coming into play. But hopefully, um, yeah, if you like like me, I'm making my I'm making my son wear a mask, and you know it's. Just the way yeah. it's going to be. If if the if the school system or the state system doesn't want to step in to keep our kids safe, then it's up it's up to the parents to do it. So interesting context also for Florida. Uh, so like you said, parents can choose to have their kids wear masks, but yeah. the district cannot mandate it. Is what they're saying. Yeah. Also in that very same state, they are running out of hospital beds and ventilators. Federal government is sending 200 ventilators to Florida to help with the COVID surge. Yeah. Interesting combination of decisions, if you ask me. <laughs> yes. I, uh, what do you do? It's just, it's just like they're, they're, they're missing the big picture. They really are. They're missing the fact that we don't want to see anyone die. Yes, we get it. The, the statistics are rare, but are so low. But at the same time, like if, it, if one death can be easily prevented, that we want to do everything in our power to prevent it. Yeah. You know, because imagine being that one, the parent of the one kid that does. Mm -hmm. And how that would feel, and yeah. then be like, "Well, why did you wear masks?" And they'll be like, "Well, statistically, it wasn't supposed to happen." But and it's not—it's not a <laughs> tremendous sacrifice yeah. to ask. Yeah. If it was a tremendous thing to ask, mm -hmm. I could see more of the side of it. Yeah. Like you're really asking a sacrifice, <laughs> but this does not seem like a huge sacrifice no. to ask. It really does it, not. It really, it really does not. It really isn't. And, and like we said in the last time, we—it's—it's it's not even the kids; it's the parents. That are that are it's just like the parents' agenda yeah. that they're using their yes. kids like oh my yes. kids won't wear a mask and blah 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 like you don't really know that it's the parents it's up yeah it's the parents you know what kids probably don't want to wear shoes but guess what you make them do you make them wear shoes yeah in other COVID news something that I'm as a fan of business and private sector there's some various talk about how big of an impact it can have yeah. with private businesses mandating masks so there's a couple of things like so the let's see lots of several businesses have mandated the vaccine and some have not and some have said they won't but a lot of these large companies have a lot of employees yeah. and can make huge strides towards the overall population yeah by by mandating the oh, vaccine 100 percent, yes i believe that 
let's see, uh, looking for highlights here. Uh, I mean, what's cheaper, you know, like paying, buying masks and make sure everyone's vaccinated versus paying for unemployed? Yeah. You know, letting people stay, paying people to stay at home and having to risk shutting down. Therefore, they're also losing more money. It's just, it makes all the sense in the world that they would mandate vaccination. Well, and, and that's what I think is, is interesting with a lot of these, because I think it's one of the, one of the times, sometimes a lot, a lot of companies make decisions based on the bottom dollar. Yeah. Sometimes they make decisions based on what's right to humans, but once in a while you feel like those things actually line up real nice. Yeah. <laughs> where where it, you can help people and save your company money, yes. which is sounds like a win-win all the way around. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think that's a big yeah. factor. Because who owns a business right now actually wants another sh shutdown? Yeah. Nobody, mm -hmm. no one who owns a business wants another shutdown. So if they can actually do something to help prevent a shutdown mm -hmm. and also keep people safe too, because that's, and inadvertently that's what they're doing, then go for it. Like, why not? It just makes too much sense. Yeah, it really does. So hopefully vaccines will get mandated by more private businesses, which you would think for people that are anti-government mandate and pro-businesses, it seems like that would be something that would be more okay with. I yeah. guess we'll, we'll find out if that's the case or not. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people are kind of hypocritical when it comes to a lot of those things, like I'm really pro freedom, pro people can do what they want to do, but then when like another person does what they want to do, it bothers them. Yes, I know it is. <laughs> it's, freedom is all is all great and stuff until it actually affects other people, then it's a problem. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I want people to do what they want to do when the government is staying out of stuff. But if two dudes want to get married, that is not okay. The government should stop that. <laughs> yes, it, it always <laughs> two dudes that are never going to meet, or anybody I ever know will ever meet yeah. in my entire life. Yeah, it's just it's just funny how that works. So taking a turn a little bit with businesses, though. So the internet, everyone uses it. Most everyone uses it, but there are debates on how much of a utility or an infrastructure it really is there's a big infrastructure bill working its way around political stuff or these ridiculous amounts of like trillions of dollars a 3.5 trillion dollar infrastructure plan mm -hmm. absurd amounts of money right or wrong absurd amounts of money mm -hmm. but there are interesting parallels to historical things so this is saying about one in four like farms would have like houses people live there don't have any access to internet broadband capabilities oh, yeah. which in a day of remote learning and zoom and all that seem like a interesting combination yeah. and it, but it costs a significant amount of money to run these lines to to new places where they might only have one or two people sign up versus a neighborhood of 100 houses yeah. so it's a it's a big money expense you look at the historical parallel things like power lines when that was a new thing mm -hmm. it was like well we're not going to run power to get to one house 100 miles from here yeah. we're just going to run it to a city but then the government stepped in and paid for a whole lot of the expansion of things like mm -hmm. of power which most people agree is a true utility yes but where does the internet fall in as far as a utility and how yeah. much should the government be involved in footing bills because to be fair to companies it costs a lot of money yeah. to run these things miles yeah. and miles and miles with not a huge return on investment yeah that that certainly is a interesting topic or something to debate because like granted no one needs internet to survive you completely you can you can live yes. every day without internet no problem but 
Does it make life a lot more challenging? It surely does. And now you have companies and everything, both, a lot of banks and hospitals are switching over to an online only system. Mm -hmm. A lot of insurance companies are going like paperless. I mean, it's it's like you gotta look up your policy. You have to pull up your policy on your phone to show yeah. it to a police officer. They don't sit like ours. They don't even send us cards anymore. It becomes more difficult all the time to yeah. not have access to that. So you mean to tell me like if I don't pay my, my phone bill, then I can't show a police officer uh, proof of insurance that I mm -hmm. do pay for. Like you, it's like you need to pay for this to be able to access this. This it, it, internet is just is becoming the backbone of America. It really, it really is because it's like almost everything we do is relying on it. As far as like you know, purchasing online, shipping everything. A lot of uh, pharmacies are moving mm -hmm. online and stuff like you know. And it's, it's just so crazy that like, that, that's the direction that we're going and the, the people that don't have internet are kind of getting left behind. Yeah. And then, but at the same time, you wonder like, well, who doesn't have internet? Well, that tends <laughs> to be yeah. lower income areas. Yeah. So the argument can be made that while, uh, if, you have a, if you have a fancy expensive neighborhood, of course, someone, some broadband provider is gonna run high speed internet. They're gonna, they're gonna get a bunch of customers. Yeah. If you have a, low-income place, you're obviously going to get a much lower return on those kind of numbers. Yeah. And argument can be made that that only makes it more easy for rich kids to do well and harder, not impossible, but harder. Yeah. Just just a barrier for, for a kid without a lot of money to, to do well with a lot of these things that are required in school. And I think that's a... Uh, yeah. That's something that broadband companies get accused of doing, and I it's probably true. But as a business, it's it's one of those things where earlier, sometimes we've mentioned uh, doing the right thing and making money or saving money line up. Sometimes you have to choose. Yeah. And if you are a business, it's hard to say, oh, we're going to spend five million dollars here to get like five hundred bucks a year mm -hmm. versus to get a million dollars a year. It's a it's a different decision to be made. Yeah. It's it really is an interesting debate because you can see both sides of it. Mm -hmm. You can really see both sides and, and it's, it's really hard to say who's right and who's wrong because it's just, uh, it's just really unfortunate. It's not fair, but at the same time, like uh, who's going to pay for that? <laughs> like someone has to pay for that. It's not fair that somebody has to pay for internet to somebody that's living out in the middle yeah. of nowhere. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like if, a person is living out in the middle of nowhere and he wants internet, he's probably gonna to have to, oh, and just keep in mind, a lot of the people that live out in those areas tend to don't care about technology. They might not care as much, yeah. They don't really care about technology, they're happy, and they're happy about it, so, you know, I just think it, that is just an interesting debate. I'm kind of curious to see where that goes. And the argument can also be made that while it's a, hard thing to do you could live without electricity also if you wanted to yeah that, only that because you did it for many 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 years that is very true most of human history that is very true yeah we don't need like we can quickly live without it but does it make life incredibly harder you bet it does yeah you ever been <laughs> camping you know yeah it's, you the know, to not it's just it. one of those things that's one of the first bills you pay mm -hmm. is the electric bill keep the lights and the water on. bill you know mm -hmm. so it's um but I don't know. Yeah, I, I can see internet is becoming more and more important because almost everything is our system is so reliant on it mm -hmm. that if it was if they were to just pull it out like pull the rug and say no internet for anybody, where would we be? Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
we would be lost. You know, it would just be it would be hard to adapt to going back to without internet. Could we do it? Yes, but it would it would be. Uh, I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to have mm -hmm. to deal with that. Let's see. Fourth on today's list, we have one of two Olympic stories. So, the Olympics, which concluded just recently, uh, had the lowest. NBC said said they had the lowest ratings ever for the <laughs> Summer Olympics since acquiring the broadcasting rights in 1988. Yeah. An average of 15.5 million primetime viewers. Let's see, that's a 42% decrease from the 2016 Rio Games, which had 26 million viewers, and in 2012 London Games had 31 million mm -hmm. primetime yeah. viewers. So a significant thing. I, I personally think a, it's not really much, match much in here, but I think a big part of it is when it's the other half of the world, you get you get these updates, right? Like when they happen live, because they're like whole opposite time as us. So you get a 7 a.m. update of who won some particular gold medal. Yeah. Is it as much fun to watch it that night? No, it really isn't. Yeah, if you there are several things I had as a spoiler, like I didn't really want to watch anymore because like some seeing an update came through, yeah. oh, so-and-so wins. Right, and then I didn't watch it. When you already know the results before, like hours before, you know it, it shows on TV. Yeah, I mean, you're going to lose interest. Like I feel like there's nothing they could have done to avoid that. I feel like. Yeah. But I, I feel like there was just a lot of things too. Like one, there was already a negative cloud going into it. Mm -hmm. People were talking about whether or not they should even be having it. You know, so there was already some negativity towards it. A lot of people didn't even think it should be going on. And then two, like I just felt like the the, the coverage of it was kind of poor in a lot of areas. Like so? the night, because you would watch it and they would, because the whole point of watching the Olympics is to actually watch the games. Yeah. But they would they would cut the camera and go to a completely different sport like every two minutes. And then they'll pan back to the, the, the panel at, on TV and you would hear them talk. And I'm like, it's like, this is not what we want to watch. I'm sorry, I don't want to watch, uh, you know, these newscasters talk about the Olympics. I want to actually watch the Olympics. Watch so I felt like the, the coverage of it wasn't that great either. You know, like when I want to watch swimming, I want to watch the whole thing. I don't want to watch just only when Katie Ledecky swims and then yeah. and then you go back to uh, go with tennis or whatever. It was just too much jumping around. And, and then I just feel like you just kind of lose interest. Well, I think the touching on things like that when you, when you only have so many hours of primetime stuff and so many events yeah and uh, the interest is only the, the broad math interest is only drawn to a few of the very very many events i think and you have the various superstars of any particular event that people want to see so it's so much is on that and i think that's just a just kind of the nature of the beast, like Katie Ledecky, uh, Ledecky, for example, or like some Simone Biles thing. Of course, that's what everybody wants to watch, and if you're, yeah. if you're not one of them, then you get a lot less attention. Right. Speaking of Katie Ledecky, the fifth thing here talking about Olympics owing money. Uh, so uh, it broke in the news of front office sports that Katie Ledecky is going to owe about $44,000 in tax dollars for two gold and silver medals. Now that is, that needs some context. Uh, so the actual value of the medals themselves is tax exempt, but what is not tax exempt is the Olympic committee pays medalists based on how many medals they win, about 37,000 for gold, 22,000 for silver, 15,000 for bronze. And now that amount of money 
is exempt also with federal taxes unless you make over a million dollars a year. So for the super high vast majority of athletes, they don't have huge fat sponsorship deals of that magnitude. Mm -hmm. They're so, so for most people, even with those dollars in there, they're gonna make less than a million dollars. But if you're someone that uh, is Katie Ledecky, for example, or someone with a, uh, like a Michael Phelps of a previous year with huge sponsorship dollars, it, you do end up having to pay money on those gains in the top federal tax bracket is about 37%. Mm. So things like that, when you already have, because it was saying that she uh, uh, would probably already make a million dollars, at least in various sponsorship deals. So then based off the money that comes from gold, then you end up paying that, that revenue, you end yeah. up paying the tax bill accordingly. So it's, it's essentially income tax for them almost. It's income tax, but yeah. only with certain exemptions all yeah. really it's like a lot of other parts of the tax code where it hits people that make the most the hardest <laughs> yeah that's that's just funny it's funny it's crazy it's like oh here you are here's your here's your gold medal that you worked so hard to win here it is here's your prize you win it and then like oh no you gotta pay i don't yeah. know it's just a funny concept mm -hmm. because you don't ever you think that these medals are just handed to them and then it's like they won it. Like they don't yeah. need to do anything else. They already competed and they won a race or won, won whatever, and they get it. But then the backside of it is they have to actually turn around and pay for that. So it's like, I mean, I don't know. I guess they, I, I'm sure they don't regret winning it. I'm sure they yeah. they're happy they won and everything. And I'm sure that they're they're not they wouldn't take it back. I just think it's just funny that like me, I didn't even know that. But, and, only, and the only ones that end up having to pay, because like, so say, say you're the kind of person that is super, super awesome and you win, say, five gold medals, you're pushing $200,000 in mm -hmm. money from the Olympic Committee for that, a nice sum of money, but you would only have to pay taxes on that money if, you've, if that pushes you over the $1 million income threshold for that, which for yeah. most the Olympians is not anything that they do, yeah. but for a handful of the super, super high profile ones it is. So it's hard to feel incredibly sorry yeah. for people that get a tax bill that make over a million dollars a year. Yeah, that's true. Uh, interesting point about that story. Uh, different countries handle things in different ways for what kind of monetary money things people get for winning. So in Singapore, this one was interesting. In Singapore, if you get a first time win for a gold medal, so your first gold medal, they pay you approximately 740,000 US dollars or 1 million Singapore dollars. So if you are in Singapore and the first person to your first time, you win a gold medal, that's a pretty serious payday. Yeah. Singapore. Small Asian yeah. countries, they got their own rules, don't they? Yeah. All right, so going back over the five today, we got COVID in schools, mask, bonanza stuff, vaccines, how much businesses should be involved in vaccines, how much is the internet a utility compared to something like power or water, the lowest Olympics ratings ever, and some Olympians, a handful of the top earners, owing significant amounts of, significant amounts of money in taxes. Uh, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Ben has joined me again. Thank you, Ben. Have a great day. Later.